Literally Just Filler with Caleb and Rachel. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Nothing But Filler. My name is Caleb. Literally. Literally, literally. Just Filler. That's right. That's the name of the show. <laughs> uh, I'm Caleb for Literally Just Filler. And that is, of course, the uh, wonderful Rachel uh, who's here once again, all the way in Melbourne? Isn't that right? Yes, all the way in uh, Sydney via Melbourne, Caleb. That's right. Yep, yep. You're at the uh, Melbourne Harbour Bridge. Yep. Yep. Looking at the yep. uh, at the Sydney Cricket Grounds. I don't know. Yeah, from Melbourne. Uh, yep. Excellent. <laughs> uh, how how's Sydney going for you, by the way? It it's going really really good. I've just. Um, yeah, I, I do not miss living in this big city. I can't wait till I come back to our little country town back up north. It's but crazy, it's right? Like I was, mm. I was in Perth um, actually a year ago and only there for three days. And the whole time, all I was thinking in my head was, this ain't no Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just so much traffic. And like it's better at night because at the moment um, – Darwin is in its wet season, so it's very humidity. There's a lots of humidity, sorry. Yeah. Um, but in in Sydney right now, it's very it's their summer, but they've got cool nights. So their cool nights, of course, are like twenty and eighteen. It's the nights so, where they everyone wears sunglasses, right? The cool nights. Yeah, the cool nights. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're here for, <laughs> dad jokes, ladies and gentlemen. This is literally just filler. We are going to do our regular segments. Uh, in case you didn't know what the show's about. It's basically a way for Rachel and I to discuss certain things. We have a, uh, a main topic that we'll go into later, but we also discuss some of the news that have occurred in the past week as well. Um, but before we go into that, I actually have a listener question uh, <gasps> that, I, that I forgot to ask last week. Ah. All right. Uh, this comes from Gemma, someone we both know. Yes. Right. And she asks simply... Yo, what's your deal with Spike? <laughs> this is verbatim. <laughs> we have not even published that episode yet. And no, I'm already we, getting... We, we spoke about this in we... uh, three episodes ago when I brought up vampires. Yeah. Uh, I know we were talking about ghosts and um, I mentioned Spike was a ghost. And you were like, yes. eh, eh. You, you gave him a bad rap. And uh, I tell you what, I don't agree with you still. Spike is mm-hmm. still the best character out of both Buffy and Angel. But why don't you like Spike? Because he attempted to rape Buffy. I mean, Angel attempted to kill her as well. Yeah, he did. Yep. Not and disagreeing with that. But he's, he's a, such a cool guy. Yeah... Still, attempted rape. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. That's fair. Uh, yeah. You know, I, this is one of those things like, you know, I can't actually, I can't beat this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a valid point. It's a it's, valid hatred. It's a hatred. valid point. Uh, he's, you're still very wrong. He's still the best character. <laughs> Look, as as character arc goes oh, we will eventually talk about Buffy guys uh, as character I think we should get someone on as well when we do uh, I, I know quite a few people that actually want to have their say about Buffy and Angel I, I've I, I reckon it's definitely going to be a group discussion <laughs> but 
But um, look, if we're going to talk character arcs and story, we're detouring a little bit. Uh, out of the whole Buffy verse, I would agree. Besides Cordelia Chase, mm. Spike did Second have best character. a very yeah did have a very good overall arc. It's a redemption. But still don't like him. Yeah, a good a good arc. But I just don't like him purely because the attempted rape of Buffy. Fair enough. Welcome to literally just filler. This is uh, one of our <laughs> serious subjects we talk about. Uh, no, but seriously, let's um, move straight on. Uh, thank you, Gemma, for the question. And if you do have more questions, please visit our Twitter. <laughs> You've set up our Twitter now, haven't you? Yes, it is. First thing on top of my list. <laughs> uh, but please, when we've set it up and our Facebook page, uh, don't hesitate to ask. We'd be more than happy to answer questions. Let's move straight into the news because we've got a, quite a bit on. Um, yeah. Uh, the first topic And this is, is not serious news, right, Caleb? This is pop culture news. It's all pop culture news. Uh, we are not yeah. talking about the, the trucks honking in Canada, the Ukraine, uh, the, the globalized, uh, global uh, snow polar caps melting, nothing like that. No, no. Uh, no. What we're going to talk about first, um, this is the first thing on my list. Two trailers have been released. Uh, one I'm very excited for and one I'm kind of, eh. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse yes. of Madness. You've seen the trailer? I did, and I didn't get the hype until I watched it and put my headphones on and I heard a particular voice. And is that why you're excited about it, Caleb? Okay, so I was going to... I I've, I saw a picture, but I uh. didn't actually watch the trailer with, that, with audio. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, Keep going. Talk about Doctor Strange because this is a very interesting thing, yeah. Okay, so it looks fine, personally. I don't, it's, it's got that Marvel sheen where all the CG kind of looks like... I mean, this is like $400 million budgets and it still looks mm. cheaper than a lot of other movies out there. Um, yeah. This is a thing I've actually discussed with a friend in the past to do with CG. CG isn't bad. It's how they move the camera, I feel. It's this yeah. unrealistic, like, swirling and impossible shots that instead of adds to the story, really takes you out of the scene. Uh, that's my two cents. Uh, so yeah, it, it looks fine. Um, what's going to happen is they're going to incorporate a lot of the multiverse stuff, which Marvel uh, has been build, building upon with Spider-Man uh, and their various television series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rumor that I read is that they're going to be pulling in the X-Men into the Marvel world. The um, Yes. Like Captain Picard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so what did you hear? So I, I, I watched the trailer and we're, we're actually going to be talking about a couple of trailers that came out recently during the American Super Bowl. Um, but the trailer, when I watched it, I saw, oh, this is, you know, Wanda's coming in and it's going to tie in with her stuff that happened in WandaVision. Um, Terrible ending of that series. Sorry? Which ended terribly, but go on. Yeah. I, and you, as you said, other the the expanded universe within the tv series um i watched it first without sound so i was like oh this nice pretty pictures and then i watched it see i'm not sound. a weirdo people other people do it too rachel included it's because, yeah because we're at work we're doing things so we don't want to interrupt <laughs> but then i've watched it with sound and there's a moment and you see the back of a bald head and then you hear the wonderful calming tones of um patrick stewart <laughs> He just says a couple of lines. He just says a couple of lines. That's it. But you know exactly yeah. who it is. It's um, he's re- retaking up his role from the green room. 
Uh, so I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking. I mean, this is this is not a shock, as we know, with the Marvel expanded universe from Sony properties, because of course, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield uh, appeared. Who in, was totally was not-, not totally not in that Spider-Man film, as Andrew Garfield said. Yeah, totally was not. But yeah, it's very exciting. And this kind of really, that incorporation of the Sony universe started with WandaVision. So it's really, really exciting that we're finally going to get the X-Men back. Do you think Hugh Jackman's going to play Wolverine again? No, he's done. He said um, Logan was his last and he's done. Like he wants the character to be finished with uh, ending on a bang, basically. It's like, um, what's his face? The guy who played Captain America? He's done. Same as um, uh, Tony Stark actor. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Would you think it would be fun, though, if Chris Evans did come back, but as the Human Torch? Oh, I actually, I'd actually be pretty hyped for that. Those movies are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But they're the, be- but they're the best out of the better. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, he doesn't come back as Captain America. He comes back as Johnny Storm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trepidatious about it, truthfully. I, uh, mm-hmm. My issue is that for the past decade... Disney has been doing nothing with their new IPs that they've acquired, but try yeah. to stoke nostalgia. It, um, not successfully as well. If you look at the Star Wars stuff uh, and, it's, and some of their other properties, it's just bringing up old characters and basically looking at the screen and going, you remember him, right? You remember Indiana Jones? There he is. Yeah. Hey, there, hey, there he is. I'm walking here. That's, that's my uh, yeah. Walt Disney impersonation uh no dr strange it looks looks pretty good uh i'm a big fan of the first movie and i love cosmic horror and body horror so mm. might be pretty good uh that okay so that out of the two films that's the one i wasn't looking forward to the next yeah. trailer i 100 percent is i saw it uh, i immediately sent a text message to you and say what's this damn trailer we got to talk about it um uh, yes it is jordan peele's new horror film nope Uh, (laughs) that's right there's not much details out there it's a neo-western science fiction horror film written and directed and produced by jordan peele it's set on the haywood ranch which is a name that was dropped in his first big movie um get out get out that's right uh it stars daniel kaluuya from get out as uh, as we've mentioned before who i you know what He's such a good actor. He's not even, no, truthfully, he's not that great of an actor. He's just got that, like, perfect, I'm in a horror movie face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, got them wide eyes. Oh, he's, he's great. He's got, the, he's got striking looks, and I, I love him. Um, Steven Yoon is also in it, of Burning and uh, Walking Dead fame. That's right, I oh, mentioned yes. his lesser-known thing uh, first. He played Glenn. That's Poor right. Thing. But he's in Burning, too. He's, in, he's, he's such a great um, drama actor, actually. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, though, right? Uh, I've seen the trailer, and uh, the biggest issue I have with Jordan Peele movies is that all those movies are really shot well, and they build amazing tension throughout. But the payoffs aren't that great. Uh, if you look at yeah. Get Out, it's kind of like a, to me at least, it's a very schlocky 1960s mad scientist film. Um, mm. And while it's very visually pleasing, it's still kind of silly. Uh, and Us was just nonsensical and very americana the ending is something that only americans get uh like the hands across america thing anyone outside that country just look i remember watching with a group of friends and all of us were very confused we had to look it up on the internet after 
what they actually meant. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the trailer? Of Nope. Yeah. Uh, I watched it and I then looked at the comment sections on YouTube and I was glad to find that I wasn't the only one who didn't understand what really was going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think that's the success of the trailer. It's like, what is this? Is this sci-fi? Is this horror? Um, it looks beautifully shot and it very much does feel like it's going to be not only um, a science fiction kind of movie, but it's very psychological because you don't know what that is. Yeah. It all is like, nope, it's just nope. Because um, like George Lucas did it in, what is it? In Empire Strikes Back. He said with the, in the, when Luke's hanging from the cave, it's best not seeing what the monster is. It's just hearing it and just wondering and guessing. Um, and that's how I felt with with that trailer. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm intrigued and it sounds scary and it looks scary and it looks like a good movie. Uh, I'm very excited for it. It had, it looks like it's got the thing that I appreciate more for horror uh, than anything else and that's encroaching dread. Yes. Uh, it's got a very much, um, it reminds me of Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby, just mm. from the trailer. Yep. Uh, where... You don't really know what's going on, but there's imagery and just horrific things happening to the side. Yes. um, Which I'm really looking forward to. Mm. Uh, So, yes, that is that. And for my last bit of movie news, Simu Liu. Remember him? Uh, You might remember him from, of course, uh, the big hit that came out not long ago. Would you like to say the name? Who is it? I didn't. Who? Who? Similarly, uh, he's the guy from Shang Chi. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I haven't watched that. Keep going, but please, yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. I don't mean to, to do a gotcha on you for this. Uh, literally, I had to ask that question because I forgot the name of the movie. It's yeah, uh, yes, uh, from Shang Chi, which I thought was a fun film. Yeah, um, he's in negotiations with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and America Ferrera. Is a name I haven't heard in a long time. Ugly Bar for the Barbie movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> uh, are you a Barbie fan? I have never been a Barbie fan. Oh, I have loved Barbie in Toy Story 2. She was quite funny in that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, biggest mistake Mattel ever made was not including Barbie in the first one. Yes. And they learnt their lesson. <laughs> oh, they certainly did. Uh, so, yes, there's not many details on the film, apart from Margot is playing Barbie, and Ken is playing his normal plastic self as... Uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling is playing his normal plastic self as Ken. Yes, so Margot Robbie's Barbie. Yep. Oh. Margot's great. She can pretty much do any role. She's, like, a great actress for range. Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling, he's that... Handsome man. Boy. He's handsome. He's he's handsome man, and he, and he does that... That look into the camera, and that's it. <laughs> I did like him uh, in so Remember yes. the Titans, though. Was he in that? Yeah, he I've only, only had... his weird stuff. Sorry? I've only seen his weird stuff. Yeah, I've all I remember him is from The Notebook and Remember the Titans. That's it. Uh, he's in Drive, regarded as one of the... This is another great masculine film, Rachel. Sure. Makes sure. You, you watch it and there's, you, you look down, there's like hairs all over your chest after watching it. You go, damn, <laughs> I need a beer. Uh, he's in Drive, he's in um, that cyberpunk film. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. I can't believe I said that cyberpunk film. He is in Blade Runner 2047. 
<laughs> I love that movie. Oh, I was and, about uh, to say, a bunch of other things. <laughs> uh, as well as, um, oh, God, uh, that other great, really dark, gritty film, Water for Elephants. Uh no, that's isn't <laughs> no, that Robert? No. Isn't that Batman? Robert Patterson? Are they the same person? They are, but they've got different names. He's in La La Land. The La- Notebook. La- oh my god! I did it again. I said it. Literally, Water for Elephants and The Notebook. Same movie. All right. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, but he was in La La Land, though. Okay. So you were uh, right, the, sort of. Yes. Uh, the Notebook is one of those movies I've had to watch <laughs> over my lifetime. Yeah, I think I've only watched it once. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. And like people, I don't know if people thought the ending was supposed to be a twist. It was like, no, I mean, it's kind of obvious who they are. People, people. Uh, alrighty, uh, let's. Uh, you have some movie news as well, don't you? Yes, and forgive me, folks, that if I don't have breaking news, it's just a... Uh, been busy um been busy in sydney so forgive me so my i've only got a couple of pieces of interesting news uh the first one being as we know this week uh the american super bowl happened and with every certainly did uh, and with every super bowl game there is the famous halftime show that in the past has featured such rock legends or you know Muse, uh, entertainers as Justin Timberlake, Lady Gaga, Coldplay, Prince. That would have been a great concert. Madonna. The Biebers. Be- I don't know if Biebs has been in there. Let's, I'm, I'm looking at the list right now as we speak. No, Black Eyed Peas. Um, anyway, the, so... It, uh, the Weekend. The Weekend was last year. Uh, but yeah, it's a big concert. It's almost the highlight of the whole Super Bowl Um game to be honest for those of you who don't watch American football but this year was a big big year uh it was just I would say 90 90s and early 80s and you know even early 2000s uh R&B rap and hip-hop royalty uh on this year's stage there was Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Bly and Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent and Edison Park um it was a hell of a good concert for 30 minutes it was great did you watch it caleb no in fact uh since i'm so adverse to uh american football watching it live Mm. not playing it that game is fun as hell yeah uh no no i had no idea until you literally just mentioned these names and now i'm probably going to watch it later tonight yeah isn't that just an awesome lineup (laughs) it's like i would definitely purchase tickets to go and see the american super bowl if i knew that was the entertainment for the evening like that, that is, sounds amazing. That's a great concert too. Eminem sung his uh, classic song "Lose Yourself," which I like. Oh, Good. cool. Yep. Um, Dre and Snoop. The next episode, "California Love." Oh my god. Yep, yep. All good stuff. So yeah, just talking about um, the nostalgia uh, so, of watching that yeah, was great. It, it, isn't that crazy? We're literally just talking about how like uh, marketing for nowadays is all nostalgia for us millennials. Yep, it is. Literally, we're the ones sort of making the money and they've gone, we need to appeal more to this demographic. What do they like? Well, they like Dre. I, I feel like there's there must be like people our age in marketing. No, oh, of uh, course. Uh, <laughs> this is what I like. Oh, I- Get them that, Johnson. Yep. No, totally. If I was in marketing, I would do the same thing. Just all my favourite... I would get the Spice Girls on a world tour and I would make it work. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, what other movie news do you have? Um, uh, are you a fan of the John Wick movies, Calum? Uh, oh, how can I actually answer this truthfully? I'm torn. Torn? Like, yeah. They're fun. They're fun, but they're popcorn films. Yeah, very really much so. To them. No. Yeah. So... For me, when I watched the first John Wick, I honestly thought it was just, oh, this is just this hitman, gangster film, that that was it. I didn't think there was a deeper mythology or a deeper lore to it uh, until, you know, you watch John Wick 2, 3, and 4, and then you're like, oh, there's this whole underworld of assassins. Um, this concept has been so great and fascinating that the creators of John Wick have created a prequel called The Continental that will be starring um, Mel Gibson. <laughs> uh, Why are you uh, laughing? I love Mel Gibson. Yeah, uh, well, Mel Gibson's good, but, you, you know, he has, he's, he's, got, he's got some he's stuff. He's got issues. Yeah, he's got issues, but all <laughs> the famous ones do. Uh, and this prequel series, is a, it's going to be a series that's going to happen over three, three nights and it's just going to talk about how the main hotel in the John Wick's franchise, the Continental, came to be and how, you know, these characters, uh, you know, play into the greater law of yeah. um, John Wick's. It's set in the, 19, uh, the 1970s. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, not only because, you know, Australia's very own Mel Gibson is going to be one of the leads, um, also because one of the characters in the the prequel is called that have like i said have you watched the john wick movies yeah yeah so i don't know i can't remember which one was three or four there's this woman who comes in this um well i wouldn't say woman Berry? Uh, no 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 it's a uh, a person who comes Ruby in Rose? And, no 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 it's a, a person who comes in and they're kind of the judge jury and executioner so they're like okay they're they're the law person and they're called the abjucate abjucator okay anyway i'm so in the series, they are, they're featured in the um, prequel series and it's played by one of my favorite actresses and I very much can't wait to watch this series. So this is uh, Katie McGrath will be playing this character and I am totally looking forward to the John Wick prequel se- sequ- uh, series. Tim McGrath's sister. No, Katie McGrath, the love of my life, <laughs> the woman I'm married. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I'm saying it. I know. I know. I know. I know. It irks you deep down inside. Yes, I know. So yes, I'm if, looking. Uh, so if if we were in a crowd of people right now, I'd point at you and say, "Look, everyone, she's a Supergirl fan." <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you outed me like that. But yes, it's true. So this is why I'm talking about this. I'm excited for this series because, despite. Um, I didn't think I would get into it, but I do like the John Wick series and that whole lore of it. And I'm really super excited for the prequel series because not only just to find out, you know, to build on the, the lore and mm. yeah, but also because Katie McGrath is going to be playing a oh my God. hot criminal boss assassin. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this podcast gets popular. I will, I will get you two together somehow. Okay. You shall. You will. I may propose to um, her. <laughs> that's just straight away. Hi, I'm Rachel. Will you marry me? Exactly. Hand shaking already. There's a re- you shake hands and she looks down. There's a ring, a ring on her finger. Already. That's how it's going to go. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm- up in the air about about the idea of this uh, yeah. specifically, and I've had this conversation uh, with a friend of mine uh, that you, your friend was with, friends with as well, um, and it's to do with the spectacle or the um, uh, what's the word I can use. Uh, 
like the side profile idea of it, of mm. the lore of John Wick. It was not made forefront. It was just these weird little extra things to add yeah. in the first film. The coins, to- the continental, um, this weird underground assassin thing. Yeah. None of it was divulged in and it did it well because yeah. it's... It's it's not the focus of the story. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And then when they shoved it in your face really hard in the second one, that's why the second one to me isn't the best. Uh, I think the first is and then the third. Yeah. Um, yeah, because of that specific reason. Well, but who knows? People really like John Wick. So I'm probably in the wrong. I will agree with you. Like in the first one and the second one, it really feels like I'm watching a t- different movies that just happens to have John Wick in the title. It just Big got, time. It, it's, I was just like, what happened? You know what it felt like to me, the second John Wick and three and four uh, was, it's like, did we just cross over into a Constantine territory? Is this what Constantine was <laughs> supposed to be? Yeah. Is but I, Is there a four? I, I can't remember. So. I, no, maybe I a three, two, Halle three. And three. Yeah. yeah. So there's only three. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I only liked John Wick because of the, um, yeah, how it got into that because I can't stand him in their movies. Um, But, yeah, going back to you saying how Disney doesn't use original original ideas anymore, I feel it's the same with movie franchises like this. They're like, oh, okay, so people like this. Let's just do, you know, a, a, a prequel of the series. To just build Let's on get this. all the Spider-Men from the previous ones. Yeah. Put them all in one. Yeah. Mm. Not an original um, idea. Yeah, no. But there, there, there's some original stuff that's still coming out. Uh, A21 Pictures. That's the A24. Yeah, A24. Uh, if you want original stuff, watch those. Nice. Uh, so do you have any other news? Otherwise, I'm going to be moving into comics and then games. Oh, no, I don't have much. That was it. I just wanted to talk about Katie McGrath. <laughs> Of course, any chance. Any you bring chance. up uh, Frankenfurter at all? No, no, you did. You, you're talking about it more than me. Damn it! All right, let's keep going then. Uh, comics. I'll just go straight into it. DC Dark Crisis. Uh, once again, can't help. We can't stop uh, looking at nostalgia. DC can't pull help. Uh, can't help itself. Reflecting on past stories like the crises on Infinite Earths. Uh, the final crisis and even flashpoint um so what's happening is that it's once again another way for their comic to reset the universe and have uh, um, all these major characters have short-term deaths what's happened in yeah oh it happens constantly in comics yeah this is like what are they doing now why Uh, are they resetting there's a some super villain called the darkness or something like that uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman are dead. Um, there's a bunch more as well. Shocker. Uh, and this is, of course, well, guess how long they're going to die for, these yeah. major uh, IPs. Marketing is saying it will have uh, all... So this is from the writers, right? It will have all the giant, fun, cosmic battles and multiversal set pieces, but it's not about reboots, retcons, or rewriting time and space, the writer promises. At its core, it's about the characters, and the relationships that we've seen built over DC's great history. You know, the characters. Where, for instance, how many how many of the um, superheroes has Batman had as a girlfriend? How many of them? <laughs> yeah. How many? The answer are- is heaps. Really? Batman's, like... Yes. He's, he's not dated many as much as he's dated Selena Kyle, though. 
no, but that's the one that people remember. He's if you, if you look at the history of Batman comics, he's been with a lot of ladies. I'm. If you look at X Men, everyone's sleeping with each other. It's like an episode. Yeah, of yeah. Friends. No, X Men is just gross. They're yeah. <laughs> X Men, uh, I understand. Wonder, what? Oh yeah, I mean they've hooked up occasionally. That's the thing. Well, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's 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 very much marketing thing. It's them resetting the universe because they've overwritten themselves or they've written themselves into a corner. They do it once every decade or so. Yeah. Uh, and it's time to kill the major characters and for everyone to be mildly shocked for them to be resurrected in another form. Yes. A new uh, generation of comic writers are writing their own fan fiction. I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> um, Jujitsu Kaisen. Do you read manga or watch anime? I used to a very long time ago when Sailor Moon was popular. Uh, oof, oh, the 80s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, season two of Jujutsu Kaisen has been confirmed and it's getting a 2023 release. Uh, I'll just, this is just for some, some people I know. Yeah. Uh, personally, I've read 150 chapters and then I dropped it. The anime has amazing animation and I dropped that as well. I dropped that at about four episodes in, but it is an actually incredibly popular series. Mm-hmm. Um, people say that it's up there with things like Hunter x Hunter and Berserk. When in truth, it is a pale comparison to both of them. Um, only for 30 chapters, at exactly chapter 100, does it get to like really high levels of amazing drama and things happening. And then it goes back to being the generic story that it is. And the biggest issue is that it feels almost like a Naruto ripoff with all of the exact same characters and... Um, yeah, it's popular because it's one of those things where it's the new generation experiencing something that they think is fresh yeah. that the previous generation has already had. Yeah, I couldn't uh, imagine reading through 100 books of filler. <laughs> well, it's not filler, but it's just nothing happens that's really exciting. Like you just flick through it and you go, oh, he's fighting him now. Okay. <laughs> um, you could always take up One Piece. There's only oh. 1,224 chapters in the story so far. I've heard. <laughs> uh, it's it's a friend of mine as uh, and I have made a vow that when it's finished, we'll start reading it again. And I said that maybe 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say in mangas, because it's been a while since I've read one. Um, mm. Is it like Dragon Ball Z when they're going to blow another person up with a Kamehameha? You know how they do the spirit ball and they have they take like... 14 episodes to get to the actual uh, does, does that happen in manga too it's just like wow they're just talking 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 oh no. they said the next phrase in the <laughs> dragon ball is very much uh like that it's but a lot of um te- i think they're called shonen which means like boy or young boy in japanese i think and yeah. the whole point of those is like big superhero fights or big cosmic battles or whatever uh, they're aimed at younger children, so everyone explains their martial arts moves as they're doing them, and throughout every fight, everyone is recapping and reflecting on things that literally just happen constantly. Yeah. Um, it's it's really bad, but no, not everything's like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, Hunter x Hunter, that's a genuinely, um, it's got good stuff happening in it. Berserk, my favorite manga of all time. Uh, no one talks about what they've done. Everyone's 
it's a masculine sh- it's a masculine comic okay well, you do you- it and you pump weights at the same time to get that testosterone hit that's what yeah. you do okay right. Caleb you got nothing to prove to me it's it's fine it's all good okay that so is that the news wrap up for uh this week no, no. oh you got one more <laughs> What is it? Good game. Are you forgetting the three themes for our news? Are you throwing our format in the boon already? I am concentrating on a lot of other things at the moment. So, sorry. Yes, games. Uh Games. Let's talk about games. Uh, I'll go through them quick because we've been talking for a bit on the news. Um, Games. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Have you ever heard of Beyond Good and Evil? No. All right. That game came out in 2003 on the original Xbox. Um, your name, you play a character called Jade. She's a journalist in some weird, messed up future. Um, and in 2008, it was announced that Beyond Good and Evil 2 was in production. And it's still in production all these years later because a trailer came out in 2017, which actually said that Ubisoft is still working on it. Wow. And then very recently, they said, hey, guess what? We're still working on it. So it's only been 14 years. You know, I think I did see something about this. That would be painful. Oh, God. Do you know the only other game that's had this long while uh, sitting in the oven of major note? It was Duke Nukem Forever. 14 years it took for that game to come out. And when it did, it was truly terrible. What? Is that a sequel game or a remake? Duke Nukem Forever. It was a direct sequel to Duke Nukem 3D, I think. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Which came out on on like DOS, basically. I think it was DOS or Windows 95. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, it was around the, it was like the first 3D shooter, like real 3D shooter, not 2.5D like Doom. Yeah. Uh, and it came out around that same time. Uh, moving on, Platinum Games. Have you heard of them? I feel like I have played some stuff by them. Uh, you might recognize them from things like Nier Autom- Automata. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, uh, love that game. Uh, as well as a lot of um, like fighting uh, 3D hack and slash games. They did Metal Gear Rising and um, a bunch of other weird IPs as well. Beautiful Joe, uh, very, very good studio. Um, but they've appealed to Xbox and Phil Spencer to help make Scalebound once again. The Xbox exclusive was cancelled in 2017. This is a game that people were really waiting for. And Platinum went on to make other projects such as Nier Automata, as we've already discussed. Mm. Um, The president has explained that the creator, one of the gaming legends, he's one of the people, uh, he he made, uh, obviously not himself, but he was the head director of um, Devil May Cry, uh, the main director of Resident Evil 2 on the original PlayStation, the PSX. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so really big name uh, that does amazing stuff. And he said he's been talking about wanting to work on Scalebound again for a while. And it seems pointless for Microsoft to just hold on to that and not do anything with it. Uh, I really want to play Scalebound. I love 3D hack and slashes like the Devil May Cry games or Bayonetta. Um, oh, they made Bayonetta as well. And uh, yeah, if um, they can make a Scalebound, I'd be super happy. Looking forward to um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Not Journey to the West. Yeah, I love that game. I'm and that that I think that game's coming out in two days' time. So I'm I'm really annoyed that I'm not next to a PlayStation so I can play it. Yes, we are. That just dated it. We're recording on a Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I was going to say. So that is all the news uh, in comic. TV, movie, and game world uh, for this week. Thanks, Calum, for carrying most of that burden. 
<laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, and so, Kayla, what is the main topic of this week? What are we talking about? Alrighty, I've done a deep dive into things that I love. Um, would you believe that every single episode so far has been supernatural themed for literally just the thriller? And I'm going to continue this theme. Yep. Every episode, Rachel. I think you just uh, did a Freudian slip. You just said everything just thriller just then. No, everything, I said everything has been supernatural themed. Yeah. For literally just... <laughs> thriller (laughs) (laughs) yes it has and and Uh, i feel like we had encanto for the first episode (laughs) which was about spooky family and the messed up ghost house yeah the third episode was ghost itself previous episode was men in black and our second episode the songs of our past or the ghosts of our childhood you might yeah the ghosts i like that (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Um, So let's go straight into it. This is all about Australian mythology and folklore. Not just... um, Yeah, so I've I've done a deep dive again. Uh, And you have some stories as well, don't you? Oh, well, not... uh, Yeah, I would just say more like the urban legends for for Darwin, where I grew up more than... Well, well, when we get to it, uh, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And um, uh, you'll know when I bring it up. Yes. I will. <laughs> All righty then. So let's just go. I've, I've just sorted them into two. It's common and then uncommon. Um, so let's just go from the top. Uh, one of the more common ones, the bunyip. Yes. Right? The origin of the word bunyip has been traced back to the Wemba Wemba or the Wigaya language of the Aboriginal people of Victoria. The word actually means devil or spirit, which is similar to a word from my people, the Badi people, uh, which, mean, which is ngad. Right, every single Aboriginal people has a, a word for devil. Truthfully, yeah. Um, what do you, before we go on? Tell me what a bunyip is, just from memory, because uh, I feel like everyone has got like a different idea. Well, besides the uh, the chocolates that we used to have as a kid growing up, wrong. They would no, 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 no. Let's go back to that. Those aren't called bunyips. Bunyips, they're, they're called, called yowies. Yowies, that's right. Yeah. Those are different. Those are cryptids, in fact. They're Australia's version of the big ape in the woods. Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yeah. Uh, well, uh, that's... No, but bunyips, bunyips are different. So yeah. what do you think a bunyip is? Well, there, well, there's my mistake. I associate bunyips with another way of saying yowies. Therefore, okay. big Bigfoot. All right, literally what I thought as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, oh, yeah, you mean those chocolates I had a kid that had like a cool toy inside? Yeah. Uh, for our international listeners, all three of you, <laughs> think of a Kinder Egg, but with an Australian-themed toy inside. That was yeah. It. And it was chocolate. Uh, so it, wasn't, it wasn't hazelnut and whatever, white chocolate. It was just plain chocolate. Yeah. It's just plain chocolate. Uh, Alrighty then, so let's go through the description. They are mostly aquatic. 60% of sightings resemble seals or swimming dogs. 20% are long-necked creatures with small heads. And if you put those numbers together, that's only 80%. While the remaining descriptions being ambiguous beyond categorization. And as soon as I read that, I thought, ooh, there's that messed up Lovecraft stuff I love about Australian mythology. Yeah. Um, If you look up... Uh, and it's got to do with uh, North American and 
uh, Aboriginal people and Australian Aboriginal, our monsters aren't normal. They're not European. They're mm. not trolls. They're not. There's a couple like big, big, scary things. They're mostly just really messed up themes that are impossible to describe, to describe and just are upsetting, truthfully. Yeah. Right? So the seal dog variety are most often described as being between four to six feet long with shaggy black or brown coats. Um, so, yes, according to reports, these bunyips have round heads resembling a bulldog, prominent ears, no tail and whiskers. What does that sound like to you? Shaggy black brown, uh, sh- shaggy black or brown coat, about four to six feet long. Uh, they they hang out in water. They kind of look like dogs, and they have whiskers. What does it remind me of? Yeah. Oh, uh, are you like saying like a crocodile? No, uh, no, no, no. no. I, I'll, I'll just I'll just cut to the chase. It sounds literally like people looking at seals <laughs> and saying that's a monster. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's like, are you trying to trick me? Because it just sounds no, like no, I, no. Uh, yeah, it just sounds like people look, looking at seals or dugons. Maybe yeah, crazy dugons. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sixty percent of sightings. This is from like over two hundred, uh, up to two hundred years ago. So yep. these were the, the majority of sightings. It's just people looking at seals and going, "Damn, that's a bunyip!" <laughs> yeah. In that traditional Australian accent that I just did. Yeah, that's a bunyip. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then Europeans so, might call them mermaids. There we go. Ooh, <laughs> a lot of lonely sailors out there. <laughs> um, alrighty, the long neck variety. This one you think is getting a bit more weirder. It's allegedly mm. five to fifteen feet long. Said to have black or brown fur, large ears, small tusks, a head like a horse or emu, an elongated maned neck about three feet long with many folds of skin and a horse-like tail. If you've ever read about ancient British and French uh, mythology or seen some of the doodles that they've done in some of the like grimoires and um, demon, demonology, demonology books, right? Uh, a lot of things kind of look like that. It's a mishmash of different creatures. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the bunyip. Um, do you believe in bunyips? Well, as we said in uh, our ghost one, it's like I believe anything supernatural. <laughs> Very much so. Do you would would you go in the Australian outback at night, Caleb? I I have been in the Australian outback at night. Yes. Yeah. It's it's scary out there. <laughs> oh, it is scary. Uh, it is terrifying. Uh, there's yeah. a reason why a lot of people <laughs> hate doing it, but a lot of crazy people love doing it too. So who am I? Who am I to say? Yeah, they're the people um, who don't believe anything. We believe in stuff. That's why it's scary. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we talked in the past about um, hoodoo, yeah, uh, and how hoodoo itself is the magic of the voodoo religion. And uh, it's all about belief. It's about if you believe in it, then it affects you. And I feel, yeah. feel that strongly for Aboriginal stuff. Speaking of never going out in the outback because of scary stuff, Min Min lights. Yes. Everyone knows of those. Yes. Um, describe to me what a Min Min light is, please. Uh, well, Slim Dusty would call them lights on the hill. Just, was yeah. Was about Min Min lights? Yeah. I thought he was talking oh. about like driving home and seeing the lights of the town on the hill. Some people say he's talking about, you know, seeing uh, lights from a truck in the opposite direction coming. Mm. But um, uh, 
according to my grandparents who, you know, listened to Slim Dusty since he started singing back in the day, uh, people have said it. He's talking about Mimmin lights. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, that didn't answer my question. In the but yes, but yes. <laughs> Sorry to detour for a moment. Um, Mimmin lights. Uh, yeah, lights in the distance, lights that could come or come closer, but they're, they're lights, hovering lights of some sort. Yes. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just having a drink of water here. All good. Minmin lights, folklore of Australia. You see them at nighttime. I've seen Minmin lights myself personally. Mm. Some say aliens, some say UFOs, some say, uh, I don't know, Air Force stuff, right? But Gases. there are. I've talked to a lot of people. I'm one of those people that loves horror. I go to uh, different Aboriginal places and I speak to them. And everyone has a th- similar theme for Minmin lights and stories that are quite uh, unique about them. Um, so did you know Min Min lights are color themed? There are three colors, aren't there? They're great. It's a gradient between the three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just go over from my personal research I've done in the past. Um, so there are three colors, red, white, and green, mm. uh, white means, I think it's white. Yeah, it's white. So white's the first one it means it doesn't see you and it's just moving around. Right. Yeah. Uh, when it's red, it notices you but it's not going to do anything. And if you see a green one, it means it sees you and it's coming for you. Yeah, it's the idea of Min Min Whites, and I've used the word in the past, the Ngad or demon, um, is literally that in a lot of Aboriginal folklore. It is a demon. It is something coming for you. And when it lands near you, it is going to get you. Yeah. That is the idea. I've heard various stories of Min Min Lights crashing um, down near people's feet and thousands of hairy hands reaching up and trying to drag you down or uh, one going over the top of a person's car and like just hovering above before shooting away yeah. and the passenger in the car becoming possessed and demon-like. Uh, other stories like that. So minimum lights are terrifying, <laughs> um, but it varies from region to region. Yeah, they changed. Um, the Americans also have... Mimin lights, uh, their version of it as well, I believe. Oh, what do they call it? Ah, uh, I forgot what they call it. I didn't. Um, the Aurora well, uh, Borealis. Yeah, sure. It's that. No, no, no. The <laughs> the Americans over there, plains, you know, in their deserts, they have these lights as well. Um, yeah, I think totally, I, Foo Foo Fighters. Could be. Oh yes, that's are. what they are. Yeah, yeah that, that's what they are. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, Foo Fighters. That's based on the German word for a uh, uh, flaming fireball, I think it is. Yeah, Foo that's right. Fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was seen in World War One and World War Two for American test pilots, as well as people, uh, French pilots, I believe, going over Germany during that period of time. Yeah. Um, but they do nothing. They were kind of just um, like there, basically flying near them, but moving at a speed faster than anything else. Yeah. Freaky. If I have nightmares tonight, man, it's on you. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to terrible. I'm going to end this with the worst story ever. Oh god! Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, let's get move on to the next one. And this is a creation myth: the rainbow serpent. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a creation story from various, but not all, Aboriginal places. Yeah, it's a story very similar to ambrosia or the gift of water from the Greek gods and yep. how rivers and lakes have been formed. So, way to keep us alive. It's a, yes, it's a creation story. Yeah, um, very much though a central desert story as well as the all of the NT, basically, and Queensland. That's as the well. uh, story from Aboriginal people there. Growing up in WA, 
I heard about it, but talked to family. And they're like, oh. <laughs> what's your creation uh, so yes, it, story then? I'd have to talk to them. It's uh, this, um, like I said, I I pushed hard into the horror stuff as a kid. I never, yeah, got it. Uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting idea of a giant snake of not so much colors, but um, like the soul that it had, and different versions of it falling in love, tying itself in knots. Uh, tunneling underneath from uh, escaping predators and that's how water has come to form yeah and uh, like the, it's a creation story that's not only in shared in australia of course it's in south america as well is it really oh yeah it would be, yeah amazon yeah. amazon i no not in egypt there's there's many first nation countries around the world that creator is a great serpent so you there's know a dragon snake it's a big a snake, big snake and, Harold. I swear. Uh, it also, you know, with Chinese mythology and Japanese as well, dragons. Who's to say a dragon? You know, it's not yeah, a snake. Yeah, those big um, snake versions of dragons, don't they? Yeah, serpent-like. Yeah. 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 Uh, and finally, for the common uh, mythology and folklore of Australia, this one was <laughs> this was actually brought up, and I thought it was perfect for it. The drop bear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love this. Uh, so the drop bear, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, lives in trees and lays mm-hmm. await in ambush. Yeah. The drop bear is not real. Yeah. Americans. It's not. <laughs> and foreigners. It's just Very an am- silly. amazing um, marketing campaign <laughs> is For what who? they are. Bundaberg. Wrong. I looked this up and I did a bit of research. It actually dates older than that. The Bundaberg oh, thing true. only started in the uh, late in the early two thousands. Yeah, uh, Paul Hogan from the Hogan Show was doing it, talking about drop bears much earlier, and even earlier than that, it was in newspapers in the fifties. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, it's not real. <laughs> it's it's very silly. It's a way for Aussies to laugh at tourists afraid of Australian wildlife. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah. Uh, described as a giant koala that lays away in ambush for you to uh, walk out and then it'll jump on you and eat you, basically. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's it. Uh, it's been featured in Terry Pratchett's Discworld book, The Last Continent. Uh, not my favorite Discworld book, but it is a fun read where, mm. where basically Rincewind goes to Australia, which is called Forex, E-C-K-S. Uh, it's really tongue in cheek. It just makes fun of Australians. It's very that's- good. Forex. Oh my gosh. Um, this is actually similar to another bit of mythology, the Yara Mayaru. Yara, oh God. The Yara Mayahu, a small red creature that sleeps on fig trees in Australia, then consumes a person, falls asleep, regurgitates that person who comes out. Uh, and th- when they come out, they're smaller and redder, and then keeps repeating this process until that individual becomes a Yara Mayahu also. It is a weird. Australian vampire. From where? I've never heard of that. I think it's an Eastern state one. Trust the Bondi mob to come up with that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, that sounds weird. I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to look that up. Yara Mayahu. I'm going to send you these notes. You can have a look yourself. Cool. Uh, alrighty, let's move straight into the uncommon ones. It's four good ones, all right? Uh, two are kind of silly, but the last two we're going to talk about. I'm sure we'll have a lovely discussion. First up, uh, and I'm fairly certain you've heard of this, but a lot of people outside of Australia haven't. It is Lassiter's Reef, the holy grail of lost gold mines. Have you heard of it? No. Where is that down central? Yeah. Yeah. 
If you don't know, I'll just keep going. In the late 1800s, a 17-year-old Harold Lassiter walked from Alice Springs to the W.A. Goldfields hoping, hoping to find a fortune. Supposedly, he came across a 14-mile-long, gold-rich quartz ironstone outcrop somewhere west of Alice. But he forgot exactly where it was. So when he got out, when he finished his walk, he was like, you got to believe me. <laughs> There's this gold everywhere. It's like, how many kilometers? Five, he holds up his fingers. Fourteen? <laughs> Lassiter died in 1931. It created a gold rush uh, where fortunes were wasted on a possible rumor. Never been found. Um, it's been talked about from gold miners and people uh it's, it's just like a good aussie myth truthfully an, yeah. a, a, an australian liar told bullcrap and <laughs> i believed him and it's and it's a part of our history now i love it love it uh yeah so lester's reef i uh, i think it's quite funny um and uh, it did really did create a gold rush people are still obsessed over it um but still a fantastic story itself i, I really love that one uh if you came across a giant reef of gold would you just tell everyone Gosh, no. No. Gosh, uh, no. Alrighty, but but gold, gold, gold. You said gold and opal, didn't you? No, no, no. Gold-rich quartz ironstone. So it's uh, like a no, quartz, yeah. like quartz crystals and, and irons and, and stone, but I've got like the little veins of oh, gold, gold throughout it. Right. Yeah. Nice. He found a whole bunch of shiny rocks. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is for one for where you are in Melbourne. <laughs> yep, in Melbourne. Uh, in Melbourne. The Crown Casino Morgue. Have you heard of this before? No, I have not, but I can understand why that might be a thing. All righty. Uh, Rachel's in Sydney, of course, but in Melbourne. I've been there once. Uh, you've been to the Crown Casino, right? Uh, in Sydney, not Melbourne. Oh, really? I remember walking in and being enamored by the size. You look into the distance, you go, man, there's nothing but gambling here for as far as the eye can see. And as you keep walking, you realize, oh, this building's not that big. It's just a big mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was really confused the hell out of me when I first walked in there. Okay, so here's the myth. Uh, This is a thing from Melbourne. Apparently, when you go into a certain toilet at the crown itself, the last stall is always occupied because apparently... It connects to a series of tunnels, which leads to an underground morgue. That's it. Right. Right. That's the story. Uh, the Crown Casino has told people many, many times, this is all bullshit. Yeah. Please don't go kicking in the doors. <laughs> Please the stop kicking door. in our doors. Uh, ignore the smell of decay coming from that last one. Someone yeah. just had a really bad bit of uh, Malaysian food. There. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Malay. I'm allowed to make fun of my food. Yeah, you're allowed to. Yeah, no, it's um, it's just a, a weird myth thing that uh, people have been obsessing over, it appears, uh, trying to find it. It's passed down over the last 30 or 40 years or so. That's such a fun one, though. <laughs> <laughs> down on uh, your luck? Well, there's a morgue downstairs. Go and see if exactly. you can find it. <laughs> oh, he didn't pay up. I guess he's going to go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, let's move uh, to Darwin. So what we're going to do, I'm going to move to Darwin and then I'm Mm going to move to my hometown and talk about the most messed up story I remember as a kid. Yep. Alrighty. From Darwin, this is a story from either 
It depends on who you talk to. East yep. Point or Casarina Beach. Yes. Rachel, what's the name? Uh, I believe Kaylin's just gonna just about to talk to us about the Punciana woman. That's right, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> a story that this... is not only famous in Darwin, but um, international. Everywhere it uh, appears. Yeah. Uh, where? Even in um, Southeast Asia, uh, yeah. there is a version of this story. But uh, I'll let you t- tell it, uh, Caleb. Well, it's more like Darwin has adopted a Southeast Asian version of it, but I'll get to that after. Yeah. Um, alrighty. Well, the, the problem is it's got so many varied origins. Yeah. Um, do you want to list some of them of um, what happened? Why is the Punciana woman uh, haunting these locations? So one version, of course, is that uh, she is a bride of a sailor. Okay. Who who died during the war and she's, you know, waiting for waiting for him. And, you know, eventually she dies in one of the spots, be it Katerina or uh, East Point. East Point. And, you know, she's looking for her husband. She's looking for her husband. So any man who goes to these places at night may encounter the Punciana woman who is waiting it is. for her. Yeah, waiting for her for her groom under the Punciana tree uh, in, yeah, East, uh, East Point or Casuarina Beach. The so other... if you... Oh, sorry, before I go on, because you've already yeah. described her, it is the basic woman in white entity, which is yes. actually a like a bit of urban legend in literally everywhere on earth. Um, literally. This is literally just filler. We don't use the word literally lightly here, okay? No, no. Uh, so, yes, woman in white, an entity that lures in men to murder them. Yep. All right, am I right? Class- yeah, classic story. Yeah. Uh, keep going. I've got a bunch as well, but I'll, I'll just uh, add the ones that you haven't mentioned. The other one that I know of, of course, is that she was a young woman who uh, was unfortunately assaulted by a group of men under the Punciana tree and they they hung her after the the event. Uh, And then her soul is, you know, within the tree looking to uh, take men who, you know, who are wandering near the tree. Or, you know, or young, or young couples. Yeah, so that's another part of it. I've got two yeah. versions of that as well. So the first one is literally a uh, woman was raped and murdered. Yeah. Uh, and the second one, and this one is really specific. Uh, this is doing a bit of research on it as well. But a woman, uh, an Asian woman um, that was raped by Japanese fishermen, yeah. specified that specifically and turned yeah. into something called a Pontianak, uh, which is a Malay ghost monster of a pregnant woman who can't give birth, uh, which may have been mistranslated to Punciana. Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the third version of that story I was going to say that I heard too. That one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've also got an escaped mental patient. She's wearing a white white gown from the asylum. Yep. Uh, That's one I've heard uh, personally. Uh, and the other one, of course, a spurned lover who's either been killed or committed suicide off the East Point rocks. It's pretty yes. hard to kill yourself uh, off the rocks at Casarina too- Beach. Yes, it's a, a pleasant little it's drop a, of it's, a meter. It's, a lovely, it's, it's, a, it's literally a beach there. <laughs> yeah. There, oh, no, they've got those big beach. rocks there. What am I saying? Yeah, there, there is. Are, I forgot about those. There are the I was thinking more further up because it's supposed to be 
you go down the the road down to Casarina Beach, mm. and you keep going near the um, you know the, uh, the hospital itself that overlooks the beach. That's yeah. where the nudist beach is. Yes, and that's supposed to be where she is. That I've heard, not in the immediate area area near the um the rock part though. I'd never realized it was down there. Actually, I do know it was down there because it's always scary going down that way. It's yeah. just terrifying. Uh, they lock those gates for a reason, I feel. Yeah, yeah. at East Point, they totally do. <laughs> I would also say, I, I also will say that um, she has also been described as another famous entity, which is the lady in the red dress as well. So sometimes she's in a white dress, sometimes she's in a red dress. I'll get to something about that later. Uh, yes, the Punciana woman. It's a story that's plagued Darwin for a very, very long time. Uh, if you mention the name to certain people, they freak out and say, what the hell are you doing? Do you want yeah. to bring her here? Exactly. Uh, and I laugh and laugh. And then I stop laughing as a woman in white comes up behind me. <laughs> comes, knocks on the door for a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Walking uh, here, she says. The other uh, urban legend, of course, is... Um, there are two places. Uh, is in mm-hmm. Fanny Bay. It's in the back road on Douglas Street. Fanny Bay. It's it's in Fanny Bay along Dickward Drive. Ha ha ha. Uh, there is the legend of a pig man that lives in that section there oh. of swamp. And okay. and then there's another one. Back in the day, people used to talk about the Daly Street Bridge in Darwin that there was a man, if you go underneath the Daily Street Bridge at night, there's a man flicking a lighter. Oh, cool. Yeah. And there's there's also an, uh, another one too. Um, for those of you uh, who, who have been in Darwin, most of our listeners are from Darwin at the moment, you know that bridge there? Apparently there has been reports of two men just dangling over it like dangling their legs over it but their legs are touching the water oh i've heard that one yeah that one's yeah. cool that's yeah. okay so i'm gonna for those three stories yeah. i've heard them all in broom as well yes. i 100 percent know the pigman story actually comes from broom yeah uh, there's a pigman story everywhere but broom and darwin people a lot of people are from broom travel to darwin, darwin and they yeah. share our stories from there uh and the pigman one is very very synonymous from the kimberleys that's for sure um, as for the men's feet touching the water, I've heard that in Broom about the jetty, uh, the Broom jetty, where you used to be able to go on it and go fishing and you'd find uh, people that would try to bring you over to have a drink with them, always like long necks or whatever. And if you look down, like you either see a tail behind them, like a devil tail, or you'd see their legs touching the water, which is a good like 50, 60 meters down. Uh yeah, and the man flicking the lighter, that is a very, very common devil story. It's the stranger on the highway at nighttime doing the thumbing thumbing up, right? Asking for a lift. Uh, and it's the, the shoes that follow you. It's, it's, it's a very familiar devil story from a lot of, um, a lot of northern towns, I feel like. Are you there, Rachel? And we're back. We've uh, had a little bit of a technical difficulty. Some of our equipment just kind of decided not to play nice. And we've jumped on different computers and we're back at it, basically. So welcome back. Thanks for waiting, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my phone battery died. So, yes. (laughs) Uh, That's only positive. But we're going to end off the show with um, the last bit of... uh, 
uh, urban legends, you could say. This one's certainly one from Broome. Because um, we just spoke about the Punciana woman. And uh, we have a similar thing that comes all the way from my hometown of Broome in Western Australia. And it's something called the Red Dress Woman. Have you ever heard of that, Rachel? Yes, I have. Okay, so it's the same similar theme as um, the Punciana woman um, in terms of like uh, there's a lot of stories going around about the idea of it. It's a woman in red uh, and, you know, she's she's maybe might be a jilted lover. So this is some of the uh, lore from it in Broome. Might be a jilted lover, might have been... Um, you know, someone who was attacked and all the other things that we've already gone over with a Punciana woman. But I have a first-hand account of someone who actually experienced it, uh, not so much saw the entity, but actually was uh, there during the hysteria of the time back in the 60s, uh, which is my mother. <laughs> she, oh, right. Right. So the story is so much more crazy than anything else. Um so, to describe it, um, the whole town was basically locked down for six months. A lot of the Aboriginal people and uh, the less, uh, the more poor people um, were told to just get inside at five o'clock and stay there. At yeah. sunset, so let me do the description, right? At sunset, yeah. old men saw it and then um, they told everyone to get inside. It was like old traditional men, right? Yeah. And what you'd see... From the clouds, far in the sky, at about 5.30 as the sun is setting, is just this red dot slowly descending to Earth. Kind of like um, an evil Mary Poppins, all right? Yep. Uh, yep. And this figure would fly down and it would land on people's houses around Kennedy Hill. If you've ever been to Broome, Kennedy Hill is the hill before the Mangrove Hotel, and there's a community there. That's, there was two Aboriginal communities. There was Kennedy Hill. There was more than that. Um, but the main one was that one, and Burdugun, which is behind um, where the Paspali Shopping Center is. Uh, all tin shacks, all gone now, of course. So it'd land on the Kennedy Hill houses, and it would just sit there. And, excuse me, why this is creepier than most other stories is that, okay, you see the monster, like, Punciana woman. She gets you. She kills you. She kills men. Rah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. For this one, it's crazy. It, literally. You see this figure, and no one's actually seen it except for one person. And when you see it, you go crazy. Your brain breaks. You immediately start losing your mind um, to the point where you can't control yourself anymore. She doesn't actually yeah. kill you. Um, there was a lady that my mother knew who actually went to Greylands, supposedly. Uh, Greylands is the mental institution in Perth. Yeah. And so she saw this figure as a teenager and then lost her mind, found an axe and tried to kill, I think it was her boyfriend or something like that, um, after yeah. seeing this figure. That's what the red dress woman is. Um, uh, so I'm going to go th over some notes here. So initially thoughts have come down from the clouds when the sun was setting, sat on people's roofs. In the sky, a single figure would descend, scarlet from blood covering her body. Older yeah. men saw it and asked people to lock their doors, and this happened for about five to six months. If anyone looked at it, they would go crazy, like they'd lose their mind. Um, so the woman attacks someone, and she's currently in Greylands. Some say it's a demon that is descending down. Um... Uh, and it's actually looking for someone specifically. Uh, we've talked about this in the past, about Aboriginal magic men. 
Yeah. So someone believes that one of these magic men from another community sent this devil to get someone. And that's what it was. It was looking for this person for six ah, months straight. In Broome. In Broome. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I love it. And that's why not I... That, not that it happened, but that, that that's it. That That's the story. Yeah, but can you imagine the... The oh. paranoia and the fear of just constantly being terrified at sunset, of looking yeah, looking out for like some entity, and it's not like it's the story. It's not a jilted lover thing. It is just evil. <laughs> it's evil. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. So this happened six months for real and broom. The supposedly. Oh, the, yeah. The elders. The eldermen. Told everyone at sunset to get in their house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I could do a whole episode on just messed up stuff from Broom. They are all oh eldritch and bizarre and unexplainable. None of the monsters yeah. make sense. <laughs> everything just makes you go crazy. <laughs> uh, possession, everything. It is a spooky city, a spooky little town. There was even a cult, like a blood cult. From, oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. From Taylor. the 1920s. You've got it. And it is, you it's have wild. to talk about that. <laughs> it's wild. I feel like, yes, while Rachel's being an actor, we're just going to do this series, the Calum series, which is <laughs> weird, strange, unexplainable things. We'll continue on that. <laughs> and then I'll talk books. about, and then I'll talk about Broadway musicals for six weeks. There we go. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about uh, uh, Book of Mormon, if anything. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good, that's a good musical. Uh, but... Yeah, no, we, um, uh, there we go. Another episode done, I guess. Yeah, that's it. So thank you for joining us for this week of Literally Just Filler. A big thank you to my co-host, Calum, for taking the reins for the last couple of weeks as I, um, yeah, get a play on happening in Sydney. So yes, thanks, Calum. What are we going to be talking about next week? Oh, in Melbourne, sorry. Yeah. Um, we will be back next week with new stories from movies, comic books, and what's the third one, Caleb? Games, video games. Games, there we, there we go. Um, so please join us. Uh, what platforms are we on, Caleb? Uh, we're on the Google platform, the Apple platform, and a whole, whole slew of other, all the play, basically where you can find good podcasts. You can find Ask Can You Believe It? Good podcast for one of those things. <laughs> so please like and subscribe. We will be getting our social media up very, very soon. So, yes, um, until next time, thank you for listening to Literally Just Filler with myself, Rachel, and. Yes, my name is Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> and you're Caleb. Yes. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week about. Something interesting to fill in your day. Yeah, literally. Oh, all, right. all right, I think we're done. Yep, yeah, cool. Still got to find out a good... A good outro? Good, good final thingy. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>